Look at the Sikha, volume 19, the Sikha of Elul. So the Rebbe quotes the previous Rebbe who describes the atmosphere in the city of Lubavitch, which was the headquarters of Lubavitch, Hasidism for many, many years, beginning from the second Rebbe all the way uh, uh, to the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Rebbe. He describes that the Shabbos, Mavarchim, Elul, and Lubavitch, the, uh, even though it was a bright sunshine day, still the ear, the atmosphere changed. You started feeling the scent, the smell of Elul, and it was already blowing the wind of Teshuvah. The Rebbe tells us that everything that a Rebbe says is perfect and precise. It's not just nice poetics, a nice interesting description of how it felt, but every one of those four adjectives represents something. And the Rebbe says this connects to the general theme of Elul. We know that in Judaism, there are the two modes of top-down or bottom-up. Either Hashem inspires, which is symbolized in the verse in Song of Songs, do di leave anilo, my beloved is to me, and then I am to him. Hashem initiates, and we reciprocate, which that's the mode of Passover and the whole summer months. Hashem gave us, redeemed us, and gave us a Torah. It was a top-down relationship. Or there is the bottom-up relationship, which is symbolized in the verse, another verse in Song of Songs, which is the acronym fell, anilo do di do di I am to my beloved, my beloved is to me. And these are the two modes of the Jewish people. A, in that first year of history, Hashem took us out and gave us the Torah. It was a top-down, it was a free ride. And then, after the sin, we had to do tshuva, beginning Elul, the 40 days of Moshe on the mountain begins Elul to Yom Kippur. And then the Sukkot, uh, receiving the second tablets, tshuva, which is even greater because the, the, the joy of Simchas Torah is much greater than Shavuos. The joy of the second tablets, which come post-tshuva, are much greater than the first. But we have these two modes as a people, A, in that first year, B, throughout history, um, the summer months versus the winter months, summer months when the sun is shining represents Hashem is giving the inspiration. The winter months when it's not so shiny is when we have to do the heavy lifting. Um, and this is true also within each of us. You might say the righteous, they are like, uh, they receive the inspiration from above and they don't have any blockage and they don't have a need to chuva as much, whereas the rest of us is more Teshuvah, trial and error, but also within each of us, as uh, described in the Kutte Torah, which the Rebbe references in the footnotes, that uh, there are times when a person feels just inspired, like Hashem gave him the inspiration, undeserved, and there are times for that, and we have to respond and react and utilize inspiration, hence, otherwise, lest it will disappear, and then there are times where Hashem lets us self-inspire and uh, allows us to do the heavy lifting. You might say the practical analogy of this is how we raise our children. In the younger years, we give them a free ride, we inspire them, we give them life, we give them everything they need. And then later, we allow them to find their own way and they make mistakes. And we watch them make those same mistakes, but that's the only way they come into their own. And in a way, it's a much deeper thing because they are doing it on their own. However, even though we have these two themes, Hashem inspiring or us inspiring, even when us inspired, it's also from Hashem's energy. This too, you might say, you can find in the analogy of, of, a, of a parent and a child. Even when the child goes to young adulthood, and et cetera, and becomes a little independent, and the parent gives them their space to make their mistakes, because that's the only way they're going to become them. The parent has not abandoned them. And, the, and you might say that all the things that they learn to do on their own is because of the energy and the genetics and the nurturing that they got from their parents in their former years. And similarly, even 
the self-inspiration of Elul and Tishrei is very much built on Hashem's inspiration to us. And therefore, the famous analogy the Alter Rebbe gives, he wanted to describe what Elul is about. That Elul is a time when the king is in the field and able, everyone can approach the king and ask whatever they want, etc. And it allows, by asking the king for the blessings, it inspires the person, the villager, the simple person out in the field to become closer and then follow the king to the palace for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and do tshuva properly. But the analogy is saying that even though Elul is the day of tshuva, you got to fix your way. It's 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 bottom up, and find your way back to the palace through your own initiative. However, the king is out there in the field, accessible and inspiring you to do that teshuva. Because even though nominally Elul and Rosh Hashanah, the whole winter season, is symbolic and is the message really of us doing the work of teshuva. But that too is gifted or inspired, not gifted, but inspired really by Hashem. Ultimately, everything we have, we have from Hashem, even the ability to do it on our own, so to speak. Hence the analogy of the king in the field. Says the Rebbe, take a look at this sikha. The previous Rebbe is describing Elul, describing that theme, that you do it on your own. And when is the sikha said? It's said on Pesach. Why would you use Pesach to talk about Elul when they're totally opposite things? Elul, the theme of Hashem shining his light and giving you that free inspiration, which is what happened on Passover. We didn't earn it. And what is he talking about? He's talking about Elul and the theme, which is the total opposite of you doing your own work. And the answer is that's why he said it in Elul, in, in, in Pesach, because he's pointing out that even what we Jews do on our own, namely the teshuva, the self-betterment, the self-introspection, we get that also by virtue of Hashem empowering us which is the Pesach theme. And then the Rebbe goes into the details of what the previous Rebbe said, which really is one of the main points of the Sikha, to recognize how to treasure and how precious every single utterance of a Rebbe is. First of all, the timing of the Sikha. It's not like, hey, it's Pesach and we need to say something, so we're going to say something. The fact that he said a Sikha, when a Rebbe says a Sikha, he's revealing Torah, he's revealing a message to the world. Why is he revealing that message on that day? A Rebbe is sort of like a, you know, the channel, the Rebbe says in the footnote that the Rebbe reveals it at that time, that's when he's drawing down that message to the world. And why is he doing it? Because he's the Nasi Ador, he's the leader of the generation, who brings it down to the world. He's doing it on that day, because that's the time when we're empowered the Passover message, to have the Elul message. And not only the timing, but also every single thing that he said. And the Rebbe points out that he said four things. Number one, the sun is shining brightly. Number two, the atmosphere of the ear has changed. Number three, you feel the scent or the smell of Elo. And number four, the winds of Teshuva are blowing. The Rebbe says everything is precise. It's not just, you know, wind and scent and, and ear. It's exact. Firstly, the sunshine represents it's still sunshine, it's still summer. Represents, the sun is a metaphor for Hashem, as the verse says, Hashem is compared to the sun. The light of Hashem, the, 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 the energy of Hashem, which that's the, so even though you're an El, you still have the sunshine. You still have the energy from the Nisan half of the year. It's still summer. You're recognizing that it's still the Hashem energy that's empowering you 
for the other three. The teshuva mode. And what is the teshuva mode? Just to make it very easy to follow, just to put them all four up. It's still sunshine, number one. The tshuva winds up blowing. Let's look at number four for a second. Tshuva is very much uh, expressed by metaphor in the way of a wind, because it says what motivates a person to teshuva. The verse, the biblical verse that spells out tshuva is ruach tashuva the wind within you wants to return to God who has given it. What motivates a person to want to do tshuva? Um, the fact that they recognize that their soul, their ruach, is part of Hashem, and therefore they want to reconnect. Jewish tshuva is not the way it's translated by other faiths as repentance. That, you know, you did something bad, and you angered the powers that be, and therefore you better repent. Jewish tshuva is to return to your source. And what is your source? The source of your breath, the source of your neshama, the source of your ruach. Hashem blew into us a breath of life, and that breath of life is part of Hashem, which is what differentiates the neshama of a yid from all other creations. All other creations are created by God's word. Or in the Sikha, uses the, the language of light. God's energy creates, but it's effortless when you put out light. It's not an investment of him within you, and therefore the connection between the world and Hashem is not so deep. You can't say that the world is an extension of Hashem. The world is a creation of Hashem. Whereas you talk about an Hashem of a yid, we say he has the ruach, he has the breath of life. When you blow, even you blow a balloon, you get tired. When Hashem blows into us, his soul, so to speak, so then who are we? We're part of Hashem. And when a person goes away and doesn't live the life that Hashem wants, what pulls the person back to teshuva? Why should they feel a need to teshuva? They've chosen another path. And the answer is because they know, they feel as a part of them, they're not being true to themselves. So tshuva is really returning, returning to yourself. It's really like taking a deep breath. It's catching your breath. It's coming back to who you are, which is namely an extension of Hashem. So therefore, bottom line is that the, the, the fourth section of the previous Rebbe statement, the tshuva winds of blowing are very, is very precise. The tshuva ruach, ruach is a, is a tshuva word. Because what is tshuva? To return, to catch your breath, to go back to who you really are internally, namely a breath of Hashem. Then we start to feel the yellow scent. The concept of scent is found regarding Mashiach. It says that he will judge not by his ears and not by his eyes, but by his eyes sees, but by what he smells. The, the concept being that when, uh, when a person hears something, we don't know for sure that it's true. Could be hearsay. Person could take a testimony as a judge, and it may sound very convincing, but someone else can later come refute it. Whereas you see it, seeing is believing. It's a reality. I saw it myself. However, when I see something, it's still something outside of me that I'm seeing. Smell is something that I feel as part of myself. Similarly, these are three levels that the way Jews relate to Hashem. Hearing is the normal Jew, not the tzaddik. He doesn't see it. He doesn't know it as a fact. He hears it through Torah study, through prayer. Shema Yisrael. A yid hears and uh, is able to internalize the truth of Hashem but they're, they're capable of having questions and doubts, God forbid, because it's only hearsay, it's only information. The tzaddik, or each of us on the level of our tzaddik within, for us it's like by Moshe Rabbeinu, by Moses, which he said he saw Hashem, or that generation of Jews. And again, each of us on the level of our faith, we see it. It's not questionable, it's not information that you can refute. I see it. 
However, it's still something outside of me. There's me and Hashem, and I'm seeing it. The experience of Mashiach, the person of Mashiach, and by extension, the Messianic era, is that we will all experience Hashem like smell, like scent. We'll recognize that all we are is part of Hashem. It's not something that we hear about, not even something that's so convincing and real. You see it, but it's something that we recognize that that's who we are. And that's why after the era of Mashiach, there can never again be an exile. There can never again be a destruction, which one might say, why not? We had two temples and they were wonderful in the time of Solomon, etc. Great miracles and great peace. And how do we know that there will come a time there will never again be a war, never again be destruction, never again be confusion and etc. And people walking away from Hashem. How could you be so sure? And the answer is because we're not even going to see it. We're going to feel it. We're going to sense it. We're going to breathe it. We're going to recognize that we this is part of who we are. This is who we really are. And therefore, there's no more room for error. And that's why in the person of Mashiach, it symbolizes an effect that his connection to truth, which is what he sees in judgment, is not an experience even of seeing, but it is one of scent. And since tshuva is the thing that brings about Mashiach, how so? Because tshuva is, as mentioned earlier, when we touch our soul, our ruach within, our deep place within, and that's why we turn around and fix and turn around even though we're in a certain negative path. Why would we turn around? And the answer is because we recognize our deeper self. So tshuva elul, wind, the soul, if you will, is what you need to do tshuva, is, is, is connected to the scent, it's connected to Mashiach, and that's why tshuva will bring Mashiach. Because when each of us touch our inner Mashiach, our inner soul, collectively we bring about Mashiach. And that's why in every L, when we start to see the wind of tshuva, we start to touch that place in our soul, the wind, the ruach, we then start feeling the scent of El. We start feeling that internal, you might say, intimate connection to Hashem as not even something great that we have allegiance to, but really all that we are is part of Hashem. The scent, the internalization of that truth. What the Rebbe is describing here is a very lofty level of tshuva. It's explained in the Geras tshuva in Tanya, the lower level of tshuva, tshuva tato, is focused more on tshuva from sin. The higher level of tshuva, tshuva yilod, is focused more on, uh, on, on what we're discussing here, that the soul wants to return to its source. But the Rebbe explains in many places that even one, the average Jew like us who has sin, the reason why they're motivated to do that tshuva is because their soul is calling its source. The soul is being called to its source. And really any tshuva, even the, the most nominal level, the basic level, I'm fixing sin, is because my soul is drawn to its spirit of source and it smells the truth of Hashem as its own truth. And therefore the Rebbe finishes the sikha with item number two. The air is changing. The air is something that everybody breathes. It's available. It's cheap. You don't have to be a big level, a big balmadrega, a person of a lofty levels to appreciate ear. Everybody needs air to breathe. And the ear changes. The ear starts to smell like tshuva. This brings home the concept that all of the above, all these tremendous lofty levels of connection, of spirit and of scent, of neshama, almost messianic connection to Hashem through this period of time of the year is accessible and available to every single Jew, just like the ear to breathe.